0: Hey, this is Jacob Hudson, and you're listening to the New Strength Way podcast, where we guide you through becoming the strongest version of yourself through movement, education, and connection. Now, let's get into it. Cool. We're on. First ever episode on the new mics. So, it welcome, is. Cass.
1: Thank you for having me. I feel special. <laughs>
0: so, I want to start off with and give a quick little rundown of yourself. Um... You want to tell people your name, a little bit of your background. Obviously, we know that you're a sporting superstar, but uh, for the listeners.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I'm Cassie McLean. I'm a basketballer and um, I've played basketball since I was really young. I think I was four years old when I played my first game and now I'm 20 years old and cur- currently injured, but trying to make it back onto the professional scene for basketball.
0: Yeah, that's... um. Currently injured is probably like, probably not the exact way to describe it. You're on the comeback.
1: Yeah, 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 not too far away. Hopefully, a few more weeks and then, you know, back on the court playing games.
0: Yeah, that's super exciting for you, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing it. But let's uh, let's touch on a little bit of like what got you to the point of where you're playing like professional basketball. Like I remember uh, seeing actually we met through Jacko, your brother, uh, and him talking about that you were really, really good at basketball. And then next thing I, I remember seeing it was like the front page of the Herald was like cast science with uh, Bendigo at that point. Yeah, And then I was like, oh, she's actually really good. Like <laughs> everyone says that it's like, oh yeah, my brother's really good at this. So my sister's really good at this. And then it's like, oh no, like you're legit, really, really good at the sport. So what was it that obviously you guys have a really, really strong basketball family. Yeah. Uh, but what was it that got you into it and then like help bring you up to where you are
1: yeah well both my parents played basketball and at quite a high level mum played state level and dad played in the national league here so it was I was kind of born with it in my DNA I guess you could say and you know from as young as I can remember we were at the basketball stadium watching my older siblings watching you know I, I think my, both my parents were retired when I was born, but mum used to always tell the story when we were at the stadium, I was like a couple of weeks old or just still a baby, and they would put me to sleep underneath the grandstand. <laughs> like, so pretty much I spent a lot of my um, young life at the basketball stadium, and you know, I don't regret it. I obviously love playing basketball and kind of just transitioned from watching my siblings play to. Playing where I am now, and that kind of started just at Newcastle, and representing their rep rep teams here, and then I was fortunate enough to keep going on with it at state level and national level and international level.
0: Cool, awesome. And so, going from there, tell us about like when you first made like that first big team, or like whether it be when you first signed with Bendigo to go and play the WNBL, or or whether it was one of the big rep teams like what was that feeling like when when that came to you or you found out about that you were like taking that next step up
1: yeah i think the biggest thing for me was when i made the under 17s australian team it was kind of that thing where it was like okay you've done all this work like you finally deserve you know the spot here you've been playing since you were like 4 years old and it's kind of like all that hard work has finally paid off to be selected and i remember when i was sitting there and they um, they asked me it was just me and the coaches in this room and they asked me how i think i went at the training camp because we were getting told on that day if we were selected or not and i just remember that like saying i think i did good and they I remember this because it's so significant to me, and they just said back, well, we think you did good too, and I was fortunate enough to get selected. And I remember ringing my family back home, and they were all in the car, so I was on loudspeaker, and I was bawling my eyes out that they couldn't tell that if I was selected or I got told I wasn't in the team. So it was, And then finally I calmed down, and they realised that I had made it, and now everyone's crying on the phone, and... Later that year, we went to the World Championship and, you know, we won that. So, it definitely made it all worth it. And, you know, it's feelings that you can't really describe unless you've been fortunate enough to experience them. And, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a high point in my career as well.
0: Awesome. That's that's super cool. And one of the things that really, really stood out is, like, you said it was like a, you were proud to be, like, that all the work had come together. yeah let's cover like that doing the work piece because like that's one thing that I've noticed when you've been here in the gym uh, before you, uh, before you were injured, then after when you've come back and been putting in the work consistently is like that's not always something easy to do repeatedly over time. Like, and that's one of the things that I think is a big driver of why you've been so successful is that you just constantly show up and do the work no matter what that might be. Mm. Uh, is that still hard for you or is it something that comes easy for you to show up day in, day out and do it?
1: Yeah, I think when I was younger I used to um, probably show a lot more that I wasn't, you know, the hard work, it was hard. And um, I used to be very, you know, I can't believe I have to go to training again or training's really hard. And now I'm like, and especially after having this injury where I've been out for so long, I'm like, yes, I get to go to training, I get to get better, like this is how I get back onto professional teams. But in the early stages of my career, I used to, you know, if it was an early morning training, I'd be like, oh, I've got to get up again. Oh, I can't believe I have to go to training. Like, it's so hard. And now when you look back on it, when people say, oh yeah, your blood, sweat, and tears went into it, it it's like, yes, I definitely did, blood, sweat, and tears. And that was from, you know, we started playing, really competitive I was maybe like 14 years old so since like then at 14 years old when we were in high level squads we were doing that sort of thing we were kind of conditioning ourselves for where we are now because it's 10 times harder now at 20 years old playing professional it's you know the standard is so much higher so we kind of conditioned ourselves to get to this point where we can just be like hey it's you know that not that actually that hard it's we, can, we enjoy it and, you know, we enjoy um, the hard work and the challenges that come with it and whether it be in the gym or on the court, it's, you know, this is why we've trained we've, and this is, you know, having those really good moments of when you win, win a championship or you get over a milestone, like all that hard work you put in is for memories like that. So now I like <laughs> that I'm older and more experienced, I realise why we put that hard work in Like you don't, we don't just work hard because we're getting told to, we work hard because this is our career and this is what we want to do and this is how we're going to achieve those things. And it's at that point now where, you know, I enjoy coming to the gym, you know, not being able to walk out of the gym because my legs are so sore, but um, like that's the sort of stuff that now I kind of know where when I was young, it just, you know, I thought I was just getting, you know, told to do it, but now it's, yeah you know, I do it because I want to.
0: Yeah. It really sounds like you've fallen in love with the process of being an athlete, not just the, the perks of being an athlete. Like everyone, everyone wants that, the perk of the winning the championship Mm. and the holding the trophy up at the end of the day. But really all that comes into doing the daily processes of being an athlete to allow you to have the benefit of being, having the potential to hold the trophy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants to hold that trophy up at the end of the end of the day, they want to, you know, wear, get the merchandise from getting selected into a team, they want to, you know, look good in those clothes, they, yeah, where now I'm like, okay, I've kind of enjoy being able to see what my body can do in the gym on the court, like I enjoy being able to test myself and, um, you know, really see how far I can go and, you know, those little things where you get to hold the trophy up at the end of the day are just like the little perks that you get and you know, it really puts the cherry on top but realistically it's like being able to see our bodies go through such, you know, um, strenuous sort of things, it's really cool to see and from where I was before or like a year and a half ago before I started here or um, even from when I was young transitioning through basketball, it's really cool to see, you know, how your body change, how your skill change. And um, I think they're the little um, milestones that you can really celebrate.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you 100% there. So I want to talk about when you first signed with Bendigo. Uh, obviously, that's a hard decision because Bendigo is a long way from Newcastle. It is. <laughs> like, what was the the big things there? Like, were you in talks with other teams or like, like what was it that drove you to go, okay, I'm going to go away from my whole family and commit everything to doing this to my best ability uh and then like what was that experience like as well like uh obviously like were were you homesick at times We're like just talk us through that that side of it because i think that's something that you you do see come up more and more regularly now in like whether it be whatever sport it is people mention is like hey you know what it is hard to be away from my family to do this but my goals need this as well. So I'm willing to do the work.
1: Yeah, Um, I'd played two years in Sydney in the same league and I think I kind of just got to a point where I was like, I need to explore more options and see what's best for me. And the opportunity in Bendigo actually came around because a coach was at a tournament I was playing at and he was watching a different player and I had a really good tournament and he said, I want that girl on my team. And so he rang me up and we got in talks and before I knew it I was moving down to Bendigo and yeah it was really hard, it was like pretty much the first time I had moved out of home. When I was in Sydney I was kind of going back and forth between home but this was the next big step and I was nervous I think at the start because of not how I would perform on the basketball court but realistically taking care of myself (laughs) you know mum does the washing she does the cooking so I was kind of nervous in that aspect and you know to see if you know I was struggling in those how would I perform on the court but I think once I got down there and kind of got the hang of it I was like okay it's not too hard you know you get your clothes you put them in the washing machine you wash them (laughs) you put them away.
0: I think I still need help with that now and I've been doing it for a long time.
1: Well I've been back home for a year and I'm like oh gosh how am I going to move out again (laughs) and do this all over again but um, you know, I had really great support down in Bendigo that it made it a lot easier. I li- had a housemate who is kind of a veteran, veteran in basketball, so she had done and gone through everything I was going through, so she was a really good help, and my coach and the other girls were super understanding, and I think because I enjoyed the basketball so much that it made the living away from home a lot easier. I you know, got a lot more minutes than what I had previously got in Sydney, the facilities and just the program they had down there was just great and it was kind of the first time I had been like oh wow this is what professional basketball is this is what athletes should get like the benefits the you know the facilities the extra add-ons they get this is this is what it's all about and this is what I've worked you know 16 years for to get to and I think It was actually really funny when I left to go to Bendigo. I was like super excited. I didn't cry when I said goodbye to mum and dad. And then when I had to leave to come home because obviously the season was finished and I was coming back to play up here for the winter, it was so hard to leave the people down in Bendigo. And I think it says a lot about... The community down there and the people that were involved that it was so hard to leave a place where I was only there for six months where I've lived here my whole life and I was like "Nah, see ya <laughs> Yeah. and I think that's why I've it was so easy for me to be like yes I'll go back there I'm I want to go back and you know experience what I did the first time so
0: yeah that's awesome and it sounds like there's a couple of key things there that are that were really important on that journey as like one having the people around you that like even though you wouldn't have known any of those girls beforehand or you might have known somebody by name mm. uh, and you'd seen them play before but you created a your own tribe down there very quickly and having the team and I, I think that's one of the things that uh, physical training or like the sports does really really well is that it unites people for like a a greater purpose of whether that be just winning a championship or whatever that might be for different tribes of people but uh that was that's definitely something that helps and then obviously like the the community down there and the way that i understand it is like it's very very tight knit so it was like everyone wants to see you do well everyone wants to support you instead of just being like okay we've got this girl from newcastle here that she'll just turn up to train and she's going to do well on the court uh, but I think that's obviously a super important thing and, and something that really would have helped you through that process and yeah. e- enjoying and loving your time down there. So I wanted to touch on one thing that, uh, that you covered in that whole piece of like the moving down there. Uh, what was it? What was the the hardest part for you in that process? Yeah. And what was the most exciting part?
1: Yeah. Okay. So when I first got, got down there, like I was super excited, but I was also really nervous. I, As you said, I had no idea who anyone was. I'd played against some of the girls, but you know, it's a lot di- a lot different from playing against each other to now being on the same team. And so I was super nervous to see how I would fit in with the dynamic, because a lot of them, because obviously Bender goes down in Victoria, a lot of them had played in programs together, because a lot of them are yeah. Victorians, where I was just totally new. Not many people knew who I was. So that was probably super scary, but it was also really good because now I have friendships that, you know, I didn't have before and the girls are off playing in Perth or in um, up north in Queensland now and it's we keep in touch and so that's, like, something really cool and that's what sport and, you know, basketball has really taught me is that no matter where you are, you have those friends, the lifelong friendships that you've made. And um, The hardest part was when I got down there... I think, like, as I said, it, like, obviously taking care of yourself when, you, you know, you're at home, it's a lot different. Um, I really struggled to actually sleep down there. So I had to go see um, our team doctor about it and, um, you know, what's, like, why is it happening? Like, And so I was turning up at training exhausted because I hadn't slept, you know, a wink of sleep. And um, my coach noticed because I obviously looked you know like a mess after six weeks of you know trying to fight this sleeping bug and it got to the point where you know I went to the doctors I got given some stuff and within a week I was back to my normal routine and we kind of just thought I was in a new environment I was away from what I was comfortable and used to and I think that's what it's kind of taught me is that you know, with sport, you don't just stay in the one place where you're comfortable. You know, there's so many different aspects to playing professionally where you are put in situations where you're out of your comfort zone, you've got to adjust. And um, now that I've done it once, I'm hoping when I go back down there, it doesn't happen again. But, um, you know, I had that support down there to get me through it and it was um, good to come out the end and actually get some sleep. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. So what was... Uh obviously like you're playing professional basketball you're considered from the outside a professional athlete at that point. Mm. At what point did you consider yourself that?
1: Um, I think what really comes really surreal with playing professionally is the um, community support you get. And there's a story down in Bendigo that really, you know, sticks with me in my heart is we obviously have to do a lot of community engagement. It's a part of our contracts and I was doing this program called Aussie Hoops down there and you just teach kids from around 5 to 12 years, years old like skills of, and fundamentals of basketball. And I remember the first day we got there, one of the kids did a runner out the front door on me and I didn't know what to do. Like, I was like, do I chase him? Do I leave, like, the big group of kids I have? Like, what's going on? And the mum ran past me and she was like, oh, he's a runner and chased after him and... You know, he was really shy and stood in the back and didn't want to, you know, join in with the rest of the kids. And I had help from some of the other pla- of my teammates as well in there. So I was like, oh, you girls can, you know, take this. I'll go help this little boy. And we actually created a little relationship, me and this eight-year-old boy. And it turns out that he had autism and also a like a social anxiety thing. So he didn't like being in big crowds. He didn't like noise. He... And his family really struggled to, you know, go do family activities. They couldn't go to the movies. They couldn't go to shows. They tried to get him involved in lots of different sport. And so basketball pretty much was their last resort to, you know, enjoying family time again out in public. And so over the 10 weeks that um, we worked this program, we kind of built this relationship on, like, trust and by the last week he would run into the courts you know high five all the coaches be like hey Cass and you know go shoot some hoops with some of the other little kids and so that's something that's really special to me where you make a difference not just in that little boy's life but also the family because now they used to come to our games on our home games on saturday or sundays and he'd be front row and you're like who who is that yelling out like all you can hear is like this go uh, go bendigo go cassidy and like cheering the other girls and you're like who is that and it's um the little boy standing front row face painted and blue and yellow and you know he's got signs he they even um bought my jersey like it one of my jerseys got auctioned off and they bought that and he wore it and so it's like little things like that where you're like wow like this is the impact that you make as a professional athlete and it's kind of like opened my eyes up into how you can change people's lives just from the platform that you have and like the you know it's not just playing basketball it's these other things as well so that's kind of something that's really you know stuck with me
0: i love that that was uh that's a super cool story and like the i guess the the thing that sounds out like from there is it's not necessarily the that you were living as a professional basketballer, or as a, you were helping other people have an impact through basketball that was yeah. the uh the thing that I guess helped you identify as like that's when you'd made that status and that next level of elevation there. So that's, that's really cool. Let's talk about one last thing from Bendigo before we go into, uh, the injury. So there's this scene that popped up on Facebook and I remember it and I, I had like, as soon as I saw it, I think I was here and had a break and I ran down I was like, Nate, have you seen this? Uh, (laughs) And it's you on it this is. on this breakaway run runaway and you trip over your own feet <laughs> and then just still like just pop the layup up there and sink it without any trouble. Like I can't sink a layup, a shot at all to save my life <laughs> in a perfect scenario, yet you're like at full speed falling flat on your face and then land it, which I think is like a couple of things that come to mind from your character within that is like, one, it shows that you're an extremely athletic and skillful person. But two, it's this like, always like go until the last opportunity and just keep on putting in the work and trying for it, uh, which is super cool. Tell me about that moment. Like, <laughs> and I hope we can get the video. I'll try to try to find it before this yeah. comes out so people can see this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Like it's one of those things that's just, it stands out as like, the uh the separation between like elite level basketballers and punters like me
1: (laughs) yeah so I think in that situation I think I got a steal and I was on a fast break and I had a defender on me and everyone was like oh it was a foul like she hit you and I was like she really didn't I just fell over and I remember going and I thought Yeah, I'm going to get hit here, so I'll, you know, really jump into my shot. But I went so hard into the legs that my knees just gave way. So I went to the ground and I was like, Oh, I'm either going to turn it over so I may as well shoot it. And so I hooked it over the back of my head and I was just as shocked as you are (laughs) that that it went in. And um, I think the reaction, I think there's a photo there where my, um, my teammates on the bench were just shocked and they were like, Whoa. And I think not also... It also shows that, you know, there's that goofiness to basketball and um, it's not always serious. Like, you got to, you know, get the perfect layup or get the perfect shot. And I think it says a lot about me as well. I'm not the most graceful basketballer. I'm all arms and legs. They're everywhere. And I think it just summed me up like, oh, yeah, that's, that's something Cassidy would do. <laughs> and I think it just going in was pure luck. Like I don't think there was much else to it.
0: Yeah, that uh, that still stands out to me. as like that's one of like the the coolest moment in sports. Like those those are the things that go on like the blooper slash highlight yeah. <laughs> reels that are like one and the same. Uh, but let's let's go into the the heartbreaking injury. I remember you'd come home, you'd started playing for the Hunters again in the state yeah. league. Was it the first or second game?
1: It was the first game in the first five minutes. So I would just obviously come home from Bendigo. Where, and it was a really great season. Like it was probably my best season in the WNBL yet, and I was super excited to come home and play because I was like, "Yes, this is like my league. Like it's obviously not as serious serious as WNBL. We're in the off season. This is when I can, you know, work on my game, get better. And yeah, first five minutes just um, went for a layup and felt the an knee go, and pretty much straight away I. Kind of picked it, yep, I've done my ACL.
0: Did you get that layup too?
1: No, I... No, you missed that one? No, I missed it. I threw the ball straight out of bounds and they actually on the stat sheet gave me a turnover, which I was heartbroken about. <laughs> Ruined my percentage because so far I was 100% from the field, yeah. one from one, <laughs> but one turnover. Um, but what what really sucked was how, you know, I was like, yes, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in you know, I'm shooting really well, like, this is going to be my season. And then it was just all over, pretty much. And I haven't heard of, you know, I wasn't really aware of ACLs. Like, I've never really had any knee injuries. And so for that to happen and then just to know straight away that I had done the ACL, I was just like, well, I just just knew. And there wasn't much kind of changing it.
0: Yeah. And the thing that I want to really, really touch on to start off with here is, like, that when you go through an injury like that you go from as we just spoke about like you're, you're a professional athlete to then you're basically very limited in what you can do like there's mm. uh, there's not many people that straight off that injury would consider themselves still athletic yeah what was that like in having that shift of where you were able to do so much you had the kids down in bendigo wearing your jerseys and stuff like that to them mm. it's like okay now i'm now i need to get surgery and i'm going to be out for a year
1: yeah I think the hardest part was being immobile, like not being able to, you know, get get up on your legs easy, or you know, even for that first couple of weeks after surgery, not being able to lift your leg on its own. Like you had to use your, you know, get your mum or dad to do it, or get use your own hands to move your leg, and that was really the hardest part. And then going on to see like the rest of your teammates and the rest of the basketball community just carry on with playing, and it's like oh it doesn't just stop for you like they don't all just wait for you to catch back up so I kind of you know there's the thoughts of okay I'll never play again or I'll never be back at that level I was before or you know everyone's just gonna be way too far ahead of me for me to be able to catch up and even compete at that level again and you know they're the first initial thoughts and I think if you don't experience these things like you're pretty lucky if you don't have those thoughts, and it wasn't until a couple of months after where I started to get back on my feet and back in the gym and um, seeing the benefits of doing the rehab that I was kind of like, oh, okay, there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We can get through this, and you know, hopefully, back to where I was before, even better. And you know, I'm 10 months down the track now from the injury and. Um, I always tell people they're like oh do you feel better and or like do you feel like you're back at to where you were before and um, before the injury I remember I I think I weighed about 62 kilos and then a month after the surgery I was about 58, 59 because I had lost all the muscle and it wasn't until the other day that I stepped on the scales and was shocked that I weighed 68 kilos so where you come from... And it's not, obviously, yeah, <laughs> from eating if, and, If anyone's you
0: know. <laughs> looking at the video right now, you can tell that Cass is not bulking herself.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think I was... And I wasn't upset about being heavier. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is the strongest I've ever been. Um, you know, lifting more at the gym, being able to, like, take more contact and stuff like that. I was like, I couldn't imagine not being in the shape I'm in now. And I don't think... If I didn't do my knee, I would be at this stage either. And I'm at, like, I'm not back playing yet. I've probably got another month and a bit. But I'm excited to see where what I can do once I'm back on that court because of you know the shape that and the you know where I am at the moment. So it's it's pretty exciting. But you know you don't think of that when you've just you know felt your knee yeah. <laughs> give way on itself.
0: Yeah, and that's um like it's super cool to see like you've been at least outwardly really positive Mm. the the whole way through this like we've we've had a lot of conversations about the building yourself back up and Mm. uh like the the way that you've approached it's been really really cool like i've watched of like how detail oriented you are is like making sure you're doing everything Mm. like the movements as best as you can and like performing like you've been very very diligent in the process has there been like Tell us about what what was some of the dark days with it, yeah. uh, because I think this is something that a lot of people experience uh, with injuries like this. Is yeah. it's it's not always out that outwardly positive, but then we go into the, we can go into social media like and the way that people approach it. But like a lot of that's like, oh yeah, look at me, I've I've progressed to this now. I'm going to be back in no time. And yeah. uh, what's that like being on the other side of that? Do yeah, you mind but, sharing a little bit? Yeah,
1: that's all right. I'm just going so, to camera. <laughs> Um I think my like my first initial thought was my career's over. you know I'm at the time I was nineteen, you know at nineteen, my career's over, and I'm never gonna play basketball again and you know now that I look back on that, it's like silly to even think that um but that's just the thoughts you you have, and then I don't think. I actually got out of bed for a long time and I used the excuse, oh, I can't walk on my leg. And It was about a week and a half before I actually got surgery, so I had a week and a half where I, you know, just sulked in bed. I didn't want to get out of bed and um, I actually didn't find out that I did my knee, that it was the ACL until three days later because I couldn't get the MRI. I was a bit too swollen in the knee. And my first initial thing I did was it was about seven o'clock at night and my team had training at um, around that time. And I was like, oh, and I found out I was hysterical, you know, at home. And I was like, I just can't be here. I was like, I need to, you know, get out. So I got in my car and went to training (laughs) and had to sit there. And I think that was the best thing for me was not shying away from what I've done. You know, I was at training and at every game that I could get to. And um, I think that, like, even though I was sitting on the sideline and watching, I still felt like I was involved. Like, now the WNBL's playing. Like, I'm missing the season. But I think I've watched every game live-streamed because I, I feel like I'm there on the court playing. And um, I think that's really helped me. But after the surgery, being not even being able to walk and, you know, being on painkillers as well, you just don't feel yourself. And when you've gone through you know 16 years of just playing basketball like I was thinking I don't have much else going for me at this moment (laughs) I I like was doing uni so I was like at least I can get a degree but at that point I was like I can't do anything else I'm you know I have no other talents you know sport is the only thing that I have and so the thought of losing that it was you know devastating and you know, I was just like, well, there's no point of, you know, for that first couple of weeks, there's no point. Like, why, why would I get up and try rehab my knee when it's just pointless? And then I kind of got in the thought, okay, I'll give myself two days a week where I can just cry, just two days. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh, i kind of forget about it now. You know, just get on with um, doing the rehab, what the... Doctors and physios are telling me and then, you know, I was back in in the gym, I think, after a month. It obviously wasn't too strenuous what I was doing on the knees, but it was nice just to kind of get out and do something. So if I had, like, advice for anyone that's going through the same thing, I would just say don't shy away from doing what you're used to. Yeah, I couldn't get back on the court you know a month after surgery but you know i could be there supporting the team i could you know find some way to be able to shoot like i could sit in a chair and shoot at the hoop or sit in a chair and you know work on my handles and i think that's what the best thing was for me to you know i work at the stadium full-time i was around basketball all the time Like there's no way of escaping it so i think i just kind of took it by the by the hands and just ran with it and because I was like well, may as well do it because you know that slight chance of getting back to where I was before and I think a few months into the rehab I was like yeah this is going to be really cool when I can 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 get back on the court you know lifting more in the gym I could you know test out my athleticism on the court and um, and I think I'm like, I've like I say like I'm in better shape than I was before, like pre-ACLs so you know, I'm not saying go out and do ACL. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, if if this does happen to you, like, it's it's not the end of the world. And it's hard to see that at, at the start because you're so clouded by, you know, the devastation of, like, pretty much your whole world being taken away from you. But um, if you... If, yeah, you just got to keep going with it and the benefits will come.
0: It sounds like what you did in that turnaround point is you took the obstacle of the injury and turned it into an opportunity to get better Mm. at things that you might not have had the the chance to spend as much time on. Uh, Like I've made mention to you a billion times of like how impressed like with your, like how much bigger your hamstrings have gotten Mm. from the extra work that you've done in the gym and the I think, what, probably 100,000 hamstring band hamstring curls that uh, you've been doing along your yeah. physio program in that I th- time?
1: I think we worked it out the other day. I've done 6, 000, more than 6,000 hamstring curls on each leg. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> Which is, yeah, because in the surgery, obviously, I use my hamstring as a graft, so it's not just the knee that we're rehabbing. It's, it's the hamstring. It's, you know, the rest of the body, so... Yeah, I think, I think I'll think i be glad once I get past it to never do a hamstring curl ever again. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess, like, rehab doesn't just stop there. It's, you know, a thing I've got to make sure I maintain in the future. And I'm sure when I'm, you know, 40 years old, I'll be feeling it <laughs> quite yeah. a fair bit in the knees.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that's something that, like, uh, Duncan, one of the physios that's been on, on the podcast before, like, kind of has talked to us i don't know whether it was on the episode or off air but like this range between rehab and performance like that's kind of like separated in a lot of ways There's like mm. you kind of have your physio that does your rehab and your strength and conditioning coach so that, that worries about your performance side of stuff but they kind of interlink a, a mm. lot more and then what people give it credit for is like yeah. part of your rehab is going to be part of your performance and then part of your performance stuff is also in some ways going to be like crossing over into that rehab yeah. side depending on where you are and that side of stuff and I think that's where it's really important to have your network or your support team be very mm. open and like working in together like I, I remember as uh, Andrew yeah yeah, Andrew your physio he came in one day and had a chat with with Nathan I, I think now we're talking for Oh, probably an hour and a half or so of just mm. like, okay, this is what we're doing. Here's how we can facilitate it together, yeah. and then continuing to keep in the loop between yourself and yeah. uh, and Andrew and Nathan. And then that, those sort of things I think have been really, really integral in having that uh, smooth path within mm. within that rehab back to performance stage.
1: Yeah, I don't think I would have gotten this far into the rehab if it wasn't for, you know, the good communication between you guys and my physio. And I think, you know, they always say, I th- my surgeon, yeah, he did a really good surgery. But, you know, he was like, yeah, you can go back and play at six months. And I was like, oh, there's no chance. And um, he really spoke about how, you know, people can play at six months or nine months if they do their rehab right and you know at six months I was feeling like I was great I can get out and play but I know what was best for me at that time was that we've got to take this slow and do it properly the first time so I never have to do an ACL rehab ever again but I think that's what we've got right is that um, communication between everyone involved you know myself, the physios, you guys here, my parents and you know I owe a lot to Andrew and you guys here to where I am now and you know I'm really um, appreciative of it <laughs> and and um, it's going to be really hard to leave to go down to Bendigo because I know I've got these great PCs back here <laughs> that's um you know like the knee injury wasn't even the first injury that you guys have rehabbed me through But last year I broke my ankle so <laughs> that's
0: right you did too. Yeah. Jeez. yeah
1: so I've had a pretty unfortunate run of injuries but you know even now, between two years of just being injury, like plagued with injuries, to come out at the level I am at, hopefully, <laughs> it's um, really a credit to you guys. So,
0: thank you, Cass. That means a lot. And I've only really been the the guy that just comes down and has a chat and sees how you are. <laughs> Nate's done all the work with that one there, so uh, we'll it's give him all the credit effort. for that. Uh, cool. Let's uh, touch quickly on a, a last few things. Let's talk about like the state of like basketball and, and maybe just team sports in general uh but obviously like i've had a lot of chats with with your dad and your dad's very very in in the swing of things of understanding Mm -hmm. where basketball is at and uh he's a strong believer in that we should probably be getting our basketballers to be doing a little bit more gym work or strength work and getting them to be better all-round athletes uh like you've kind of gone through this process now, and, and you probably have seen a lot of people on both sides of it because you've had such a wide variety of playing in so many teams. Mm. What what are some things that you think that general like young basketballers could possibly be doing better to improve their performance yeah. or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I feel like with as I've kind of gone through the program and looking back at or like the process of playing juniors, seniors, professional now, that I've seen the change where athletes are doing more on the court or in their sport that they're not accompanying it with the adequate strength and conditioning. So if you look at, like, my the senior women's program of my team that we had just played with or I'd watched play, um, I was the first of five to tear their ACLs that year. Wow. So there was four other girls in the senior women's program that went and tore their ACLs in that year and I think because we're getting we're doing so much more and putting our bodies through so much more you know strenuous things on the court and you know we're doing longer and harder sessions that we're not supplementing it with the right um, you know off-court training in the gym you know I did my knee because a lot of it was you know maybe I didn't have the right you know hip strength and stuff like that and I have done gym obviously with you guys for the last year and a half but you know that's something on me where maybe I didn't do it early enough in my career and so these young kids that are doing you know 10 times more than what I was doing at 13 14 year olds they need to be thinking okay if I want to have a long healthy career I need to start now to be able to you know get my give my body the best opportunity to have a clean run of injuries and I think like this injury on my knee was because i you know, at 13, 14 years old when I was, you know, training every day, maybe having one day off or I was sometimes doing two sessions a day and this was before I kind of even knew what strength and conditioning was. It wasn't really much of a muchness back in, you know, back six, seven years ago and so now I would just say, like, you need to get your body right, like, you need to do the gym work, you need to do the recovery and, you know, the not just recovery after games, but also, you know, an adequate adequate warm-up. And I think that's what I wasn't good at. You know, prior to games, I just wanted to get on the court and play. Like, why have a 30-minute warm-up? Just get on the court and play. And I think it's come to bite me in the butt a little bit now. But, um, you know, I still have a really young career and, you know, hopefully a r- really long career of it as well. But that's one thing I would say to any sports person starting out and having aspirations to go play professionally or even further on that you need to take care of your body so
0: yeah and and, uh, the thing that I think that's really tough in basketball as well is it is a year-round sport even Mm. though like the the competitions themselves may only run for six months but you your injury as you said was coming straight back from a season with Bendigo where you were very full-on the whole way through, like uh, six months of hard competition, travel, training, all of these things add up, uh, and then straight back into playing for the Hunters, and then you've got the same thing over and over and over again. And yeah. like how many years in a row have you been doing year-round basketball at a high level yeah. and training all the time? That I think there's a huge accumulation effect there, and that, and that's where the that need for that prehab or rehab along that process I think comes more and more important. Yeah. So Cass, I want to wrap up there. Thank you so much for joining me today. I think uh, you've left a lot of key insights for people who uh, either young sportsmen, sportswomen, uh, wanting to do the best out of their performance or like if they're maybe going through an injury right now and giving them some, some of that key insight of turning those obstacles into opportunities for them. And I think that's going to be really, really valuable for those guys, so thank you for sharing.
1: No, thank um, you for having me.
0: And I want to wish you the best of luck. With obviously, it's not long now until we head back down to Bendigo, and uh, the whole team here at New Strength and the Tribe, we're going to be watching and uh, keeping our eyes out. So we're looking forward to seeing you back on the court and getting to uh, unfortunately cheer Bendigo instead of Newcastle. But we'll uh, we'll go with it for now.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully Newcastle can eventually get that um, WNBL team, and then you it could know. be
0: the first signing, marquee signing.
1: <laughs> that would the be the going. dream. <laughs> yeah
0: awesome I love it Cass where, where can people find you if they want to follow your journey back into this uh into the WNBL and uh back into basketball where's the best place for people to check you yeah, out?
1: yeah I'm pretty active on Instagram so if you want to like my Instagram handle is just Cassidy underscore McLean um hopefully it's not too hard to get that spelling I'll drop right it below. Uh, <laughs>
0: it's all good Ooh.
1: um but yeah I pretty much document all my journey on there um I don't use Facebook too much, and if I do, it's just for family. But um, yeah, Instagram—you see a lot of me, and I like to see um, show a lot of what we do down there as well, because it's my family found it pretty eye opening to you know the life of a professional athlete. It's yeah. so different to anything else, and yeah.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next week on the New Strength Way.